0: build an MVP, show product market fit, show that this service is wanted and desired by our clients. Hmm. And then we can basically innovate from an iterative standpoint, right? And just continue to hmm. build on top, on top of that, right? So, so keeping things simple, as you think about innovation is, I think, paramount, as, as, a, learning, as, a, as a learning for me throughout that, that journey.
1: Not everyone makes the news, but behind every growth driving experience, product and transformation, are experts who shape the outcome. Welcome to Behind the Growth, a podcast for digital leaders and those aspiring to become one. Each episode features a candid conversation with a remarkable individual. Join us as we focus on their struggles, wins, and lessons learned you won't find anywhere else. Let's get started.
2: Welcome to Behind the Growth. I'm your host, Mudasar Malik. And today we're celebrating Jimmy Dane, Managing Director ESG at, at Simply Financials. Jimmy, really excited to have you join us today.
0: Hey, Munstar, good morning. Excited to be here, and yeah, excited for the conversation. Should be excellent.
2: fun. Excellent, excellent, Jimmy. I want to jump straight to something, and I was thinking that you're, you're you're an innovator, you're a builder, disruptor of businesses, but how did you how did this journey start?
0: Yeah, I think. Look, I think the journey started for me really just thinking about how. We can use technology, how I can use technology and leverage technology to create new markets, create new products that were really interesting for clients, for people, for myself actually, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, sorry way back when. So I'm a computer engineer, did engineering, you know, in in university for my undergraduate degree. And really, it was really, you know, back then when I was in school, it was all about, you know, the dot-com boom, right? Mm -hmm. So I went to school, I went to university during that whole phase. You know all these brand new internet companies out coming out of Silicon Valley, and that really captured me. You know, I was really more interested in thinking about startups, VCs in the computer mm. lab when I was in school, and as a, as interested as basically doing a project,
3: mm.
0: learning how to code, learning how to basically create, design semiconductors, mm. but equally fascinated about the business of technology. That's mm. where I kind of thought about this, and mm. you know, during school, did a few internships in Silicon Valley as well. So saw the entrepreneurial spirit around building, Hmm. disrupting, creating new things for people and for clients and for partners.
2: Hmm. Wow. Well, that's, that's such a fantastic opportunity. Like, you know, and I think that's, that's what inspired you. And I don't think you've looked back. Yeah. I I think,
0: look, I, you know, you know, I think my career has, has taken many different steps. Hmm. You know, if you look at me today and you look at kind of where I am today, I, I work for, you know, the wholesale investment bank of a large Canadian bank, CBC. Mm. And if you kind of look back 20, 25 years ago, if I had thought myself as being a banker, you know, the, the obvious answer to that question would would be no, right? Mm. But I think, you know, you know, innovation and disruption and, and mm. you know, building services and products for, you know, markets and for these industries, it takes you into different directions. And yeah, like, you know, there are certain areas that, you know, sometimes you could look at it and say, hey, there's a ton of opportunity there, right? Mm. There's a ton of opportunity to basically create new things, to innovate. And usually they're in more conservative, more regulated industries, right? Mm. So, you mm. know, obviously financial services being one of them. Yeah. You know, uh, healthcare is another industry vertical, I think, today. Mm. If you look at kind of innovation, disruption, you look at entre- entrepreneurship, startups, mm. there's a lot of things happening there as well. So, mm. It's usually where, again, you look at these industries and you know, not looking back, like I want to basically, you know, if for my career, for my growth, it was like, hey, how do I have the most impact? How do I disrupt? How do I innovate in the best ways? And like sometimes you need to go into to areas where there, there are those opportunities, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm also thinking for, for many, innovation does come across as a buzzword. But yeah, I, I want to ask you, like in your words, what does innovation mean? And what do you think is crucial, you know, especially do you think it's crucial for the financial industry's growth? So two parts of it. Let's let's decode what innovation means and then let's go on to what does it mean for financial industry.
0: Yeah, it's a great question, Manasar. I think, you know, innovation to me really is, if I had to think about that, to me it's really, really thinking about how do we create new things that Hmm. better the lives of people our mm. clients mm. how do we be very client-centric to, to you know improve or come up with you know new products and services mm. that add a ton of value and that have never been done before also innovation can mean to me it's like hey take something that you know we love and use and engage with today
3: mm.
0: and how do we think about you know again where is that how does that transform how does that basically evolve mm. right how do we mm. Optimize things. So, so innovation can be, you know, one. And people talk about this all the time.
3: Mm.
0: It can be incremental innovation, or it can mm. be super disruptive innovation. I think, and there's mm. room in that stratum or stratus mm. for mm. for both types of innovation. But to me, really, innovation is is thinking about, you know, thinking about how how do we do things and or create things and or create things differently to improve or create something new. That's really one thing, right? Love for me. That. That's kind of my definition for for innovation, right? And then mm. two, back into financial services, yeah, I think, you know, obviously, again, like financial services is an area where if you think about kind of, you know, how things worked or mm. how we do things in, in, in financial services for, you know, all parts of financial services, right? So whether it's consumer banking, whether it's banking for corporates and enterprises, whether it's kind of, you know, investment and wholesale banking, you know, it's an area where I would say – you know, things have been done for a very long time, the way they were done, you know, used to be very much not technology enabled, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, like looking at financial services overall, again, is super interesting because there's so much, so much opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at kind of a global, a global mindset about things, you know, there are markets, and I can basically, you know, there are markets in the world where, you know, financial services actually don't exist, right? If mm-hmm. you look at kind of, again, we look at kind of markets, you know, I'm Vietnamese, mm-hmm. I believe you're you're, you're from Pakistan, Correct. South Asia, Asia, Africa, yeah. you know, you look mm-hmm. at in those markets, you know, you, t- you use this term called, you know, underbanked or unbanked, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. traditional finance didn't exist. So massive opportunities to, to innovate there. And, and you've seen some of that happening overall, you know, in developed markets, like in North America, in mm-hmm. Canada, U.S., in Europe, I think, again, back to basically thinking about, how do we basically create services that are accessible, cost-effective, easy, you know, and efficient for our customers? Those are just many opportunities that, again, are are available in in banking or financial services overall.
2: Yeah, like, I I completely agree. I think the the opportunity is really, and it would depend on the regions, it could depend on the market, but overall, there's tremendous opportunity. And I think there is something that everybody wants to, get behind building on it let's also from i would love to pick your brains on what do you what would you suggest as to others that like, keep in mind some blind spots something that you could warn them about like they can go on the innovation and disruption disrupting the traditional models or their innovation drives but any any blind spots that you would want to warn them about
0: yeah i think for for those you know looking and working and thinking about innovation i think mm. You know, I'd always say one is just be careful about innovation as theater. I think, Mm. you know, Mm. especially if, you know, and looking at back of my experiences working in smaller companies and startups as well as very large corporates, Mm. like Fortune 500, Fortune five, Fortune 100 companies, sometimes, you know, you can get caught up with, with, you know, theater Mm. masking as innovation right mm-hmm. and i think that's that's a blind spot that that we have to and people think about how to wanting to work innovation have to be really careful about and i think you know the way you think about that is mm-hmm. to really innovate you need to basically execute
3: mm-hmm.
0: get something to market test and learn mm-hmm. and basically iterate back right mm-hmm. and the commercialization or the, the go-to-market pieces of innovation is really important because mm-hmm. again whatever you're innovating on when you, th- when you think about inov- innovation you have to be able to manage and measure it somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And a blind spot I see all the time is, you know, a lot of organizations, a lot of teams, you know, innovation is slideware.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Innovation is a lot of, you know, show a narrative versus actual execution, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one key part of that is is really, like, experimentation and execution is a key part of the innovation equation, right? Versus just basically kind of thinking blue sky, strategy, mm. you know, ideas. I think ideas are great. Mm. New ideas are great. The value creation piece of innovation, mm. the where you actually kind of create innovation is actually in the execution the go-to-market.
2: I love that. And it's so true. Like, you know, what, what actually gets executed is gets what experienced by the market. And that's yeah. really the key thing. Hitting the market, getting it out there. Just yeah. don't get locked in. Don't leave it in the boardroom. It should just not be for that. It's, it's actually yeah. for implementation. And I think it just doesn't go with innovation only. I think execution is, is really a weak spot for many organizations or many teams. I right. think a lot of implementation failures happen in that side as well. Yeah. So... I think it will be fair. We all love insightful stories. And, you know, so any notable ones that, you know, come to mind where you created or launched a new product or, you know, innovated something new or leading market significance for business value, you know, give us a, tell us a success story.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you know, great question, Munasar. I think, you know, with every success, there's always 10 failures that Mm -hmm. have happened, right? Mm -hmm. Success is not overnight. So I think, Mm -hmm. let me give you a story. I think that's, that's, pretty recent it is it was it is a success success overall and really you know i'll start with kind of you know match services payments and banking that's the space i know really really well so if you look at kind of like you know 10 years ago at cabc in the bank you know one of the things that we've always thought about that was a client irritant for us that it was an area that wasn't really a focus but i think there's a ton of an like area for innovation was really around like cross-border payments and cross-border commerce and money movement, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you look kind of, again, reversed back 10 years, if I wanted to send money to Pakistan or to India mm. or to the Philippines or to Vietnam,
3: mm.
0: you know, and 10 years ago is, is you know, we're still in now in the era of, you know, mobile devices, mm. you know, lots of great innovation, APIs, yep. cloud services, burgeoning at that time. 10 years ago, we asked clients, right? So at CBC, mm. we asked clients, you know, if you wanted to send money to, to India or to Pakistan, to Vietnam, mm. you actually had to walk into a branch. Mm. You had to spend about 45 minutes going through a green screen, a mainframe green screen. Mm. It would cost you about 30 to $70. Mm. And you really didn't know when the money would arrive in mm. Pakistan, in India, mm. or Vietnam, or the Philippines, right? Wow. So that was a... I think a massive client opportunity Mm. and and an era to innovate in is is Mm. in money movement and payments and cross-border commerce. Mm. And and if you think about kind of how we thought about that, it was back to the customer, right? Back to Mm. thinking about how do we innovate for the customer? So one, Mm. how do we make things more convenient? Mm. Now, you know, we have these phones, these mobile smartphones, we have lots of innovation happening in in money movement overall globally. Mm. How do we make it easier, faster, more convenient and a lot, lot cheaper for clients? to move their money back home. Remence is a massive industry here in Canada, right? So we're, we're, we're a country of immigration, right? Of immigrants. Yeah. You know, this year we brought in a million immigrants that came to mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. right? So it's a country and a nation that's been built on immigration. So, you know, we saw this, the remittance market, right? So moving mm-hmm. money cross borders
3: mm-hmm.
0: as a massive opportunity. It's a $30 billion market here in Canada with a third largest per capita of outbound money movement flows outside of Canada overall. Mm. So, so we, we looked at that and said, hey, you know, you have to walk into a branch. Mm. You have to about, spend about 30 to 45 minutes in a branch to do this. Mm. It was complicated. It was costly. It was inconvenient. Mm. How do we change that, right? And, and again, the story is that, you know, a lot of people within the walls of the bank were like, you know, it's, this is going to be hard, right? Like we, we, need to, we need to partner with a Western Union or another provider, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: and I think you know our view is basically looking at this and saying, hey, we have all these assets in the bank. And a big asset is, you know, the foreign exchange business that we have, mm-hmm. the foreign exchange trading infrastructure, and the people we have in the bank within wholesale bank within within global markets.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And what we did was like, hey, that's that's an asset. We've been innovated there. We've mm-hmm. grown the second largest FX mm-hmm. foreign exchange business within the bank. Mm-hmm. How do we use that? You know and build new business and build their submittance product on top of that infrastructure
3: mm.
0: and make it digital and make it super easy. And really the tenant was, how do we, I said, we looked at it and said, what are the biggest three client irritants for this, for, for our clients? And it was about, it's inconvenient, yeah. it's expensive, hmm. and it's slow, right? It takes five to seven days to get my money back, to, back home. So using those as first principles, we built a, we built, we built a product and a solution mm. called Globe Money Transfer. It was launched eight years ago. So, you know, it was, it was ourselves, myself, as the, the head of the business and product, working with, you know, a small team of, of call it, you know, engineering, technology, and delivery folks hmm. in partnership with our retail FX traders hmm. in the bank, hmm. our retail banking partners within the bank to launch this product within, within CABC. So in 2015, we launched Global Money Transfer. This was... Hmm. You know, a zero fee, hmm. completely digital on your phone, cross-border remin service that was available 24-7. We basically gave real-time foreign exchange rates. So you knew exactly how much money was being sent home. And basically, we delivered the funds hmm. to your loved ones, to your beneficiaries, hmm. within 24 hours, if not wow. real-time. Wow! So we launched that that product, that service, eight years ago. I could tell you that, you know, the way that we manage their success is, is kind of a, in a couple areas. One is obviously, you know, in innovation, adoption, right? So yeah. we saw extreme adoption of this product, right? Whereas before, our, our clients were going to other competitors. Mm. They were going across the street to other banks and FIs mm. or other FX payment dealers and players. Mm. We basically have them, even though they were clients, have them come back and use global money transfer all. So we saw a ton of great adoption. We saw a ton of great feedback from mm-hmm. our clients as well on, on, mm-hmm. on the product and service. So when you get feedback and you get a lot of engagement, it's always a great, a great starting sign. So, you know, you look at fast forward eight years later, you know, we have a business that, you know, has, you know, over a million clients using global money transfer overall mm-hmm. across the bank. Wow. We're doing, you know, eight years ago, in terms of immense volume, it was less than $100 million overall oh. of volume that was mm-hmm. being sent through cross-border. We're now over $3 billion of volume annually on this, right? So, And we believe, again, amongst our, our peers and FIs, we have a market-leading service overall.
2: Phenomenal. What, what a great story. And I'm, I'm like, you know, it's a tremendous success, but I'm sure like it went through uh, a lot of lessons learned as well, right? Yeah. So uh, any, any key thing that just comes to your mind right away? Yeah, key, key things there was,
0: I, I think, again, back to the, the, the story of innovation, you know, keep it simple. I think uh-huh. throughout the the life cycle of, mm. of, of innovation, mm. there are many ways to have complexity built into this or or mm. or input or make complexity part of this this journey yeah. at think like we wanted to be very very clear of again back to first principle to simplify things and that really was like again think about things in m v p right people mm. love to talk about like you know day one you know as we went went through this process of creating this new innovation this new service mm. it was very, very apparent to me that this could have been like a lot bigger than what it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. we could have mm-hmm. put a lot of features, do a lot of things to it, which would mm-hmm. have basically made it a lot more complex
3: mm-hmm.
0: and could have basically puts a lot more risk into the into the project and the program overall, mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. one is to like think about you know stick your guns, simplify yeah. things as you create new things, yeah keep it simple I would say
2: that's huge yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's huge because it's so much easier to complicate things, but keeping yeah. things simple is tremendously hard. It's it's, yeah. it's much harder than it looks like.
0: Yeah, totally. So the example on that one was like, hmm. you know, I'll give you a very deep example. When we were thinking about global hmm. money transfer, we were like, folks, you know, we, we went back, folks hmm. in the teams were like, hey, why don't we add more support for, for over 100 countries day one?
3: Hmm.
0: And, you know, after that, that was complexity, right? As you basically hmm. think about, you know, delivering money and funds and mm. into a lot of countries, there are different features, different rails, mm. different mm. things you need to do. We decided, hey, day one, let's let's think about just the top 15, 20 countries mm. that our clients mm. want to send money to mm. and to really keep it simple. And, and let's basically try to get product market fit. Let's mm. get to market quickly. Mm. Let's build an MVP, show product market fit, show that this service is wanted and desired by our clients. Mm. And then we can basically innovate from an iteration, iterative standpoint, mm. right? And it's continue to mm. build on, on top of that, right? So, so keeping things simple as you think about innovation is, I think, paramount as, as a learning, as a, as a learning for me throughout that journey.
2: Fantastic, fantastic takeaway. And I think you're kind of also alluding to the crawl, walk, run. And I think that's also an important part of the process and the journey, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, let's, let's switch it up to something which is very, very timely. And I want to I wanna know what's your take on AI and its potential impact in the financial industry. So I know it's a vague and a big, broad question, but whatever you can bring forward. Oh, wow. yeah. So I think, you know, again, Manasar,
0: um, great question on AI. Hmm. I, I think you know, like my personal beliefs in AI is, obviously, as, a, as, as I think about inflection points, hmm. and then you go back to the question about innovation, how, to, like, how I think about innovation, there are technology innovation, there are technology platforms that come to existence that basically change the trajectory of how you think about innovating on behalf of your client.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in the 2000s, it was, it was mobile and smartphones, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, five years later, it was cloud and APIs, right? right? Yeah. I think we're at an expansion point now, like sitting here in 2023, where AI is that next technology platform hmm. and that technology innovation that's come to the market that will allow, you know, various industries, including financial services, to really take advantage of that technology platform, that technology innovation, to create new value for, for clients, for the ecosystem, for sure. So I'm super bullish about AI. Now, <laughs> funny enough, I think, you know, you look at kind of, you know, at every mark- stage of opportunity where these technologies come to, come to bear in fruition, there's gonna be a ton of hype. Mm-hmm. So I could tell you that, you know, there's not one week that goes by, mo- that I don't get a call from a brand new AI startup <laughs> or a big tech firm hmm. saying what they're doing in AI. And, and that's great. I think there's a ton hmm. of activity, a ton hmm. of innovation here. Hmm. I think the, the most interesting part of this is going to be, you know, separating what is really going to be impactful and value-driven value for, for, again, back to the client and think hmm. about the client to things that, again, or or your or employees, because I think, you know, or internal colleagues, because I think there's mm. an opportunity there. But like right now, I think, you know, there's so much going on. You have to basically be able to think about how to, in AI, how to basically separate signal from noise. And the, the enthusiasm is great. And you can do many things. I think mm. I've seen every pitch, every AI pitch so far <laughs> I've heard about. The question is is, is back to, you know, understanding what your client needs are, what the client opportunity looks like or customer opportunity looks like, and then walk back, create first principles again, Mm -hmm. and understand technology, understand how AI can help you with that, right? You know, funny enough, like, within my role, we've been leveraging AI Mm -hmm. analytics and data for, I'd say, the past four to five years now for our businesses, for our cross-border money moving businesses for sure. So with GBT, with large language models, with LLMs coming to, mm. coming to the market and really making it accessible for mm. everyone to kind of you know, leverage and a utility, I think there's just a lot more opportunities there. So I'm bullish. I'm always someone who sees the cup half full. I know there are a lot of folks who believe that, you know, you hear the noise and, and the, the stare around AI being leveraged for nefarious or other reasons that are quite disheartening, to be honest with you. But I think, again, back to back to AI overall, I'm excited. I think, you know, companies and, and firms and, and professionals looking to innovate, it's definitely a platform where there can be a, a, a great source of innovation and opportunity, for sure.
2: Absolutely. And I think these are such exciting times. And to your point, I guess it's a major, major pivotal moment yeah. And, you know, it's definitely a lot of noise, but it's also progressive. Yeah. So a lot of stuff, yeah, you know, going to be coming through. And it's not new. Like, even to your point, like AI has been there for a while in different ways. It's just picked up as accesses, access to it. And, you know, I think that's just really on the roll now. Yeah, yeah. So, Jimmy, we're coming up on our time. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, is there, looking back at your career and, your, you know, your journey, if you had an opportunity what would you advise yourself like your younger self? Like, is there something that you would want to tell yourself?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, one, you know, looking back, if I had to tell my, my younger self, a couple of things, I would say, you know, sitting, sitting here now, definitely take more risks, mm-hmm. right? Take more calculated risks in your career mm-hmm. and do it in a way where you can learn a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You can basically have exposure experience in different industries, you have the ability to innovate and create impact as much as possible, so definitely take more risks because mm-hmm. I think again, you know, when you're young, mm-hmm. you're just starting out. Like the ability to take a risk is is mm-hmm. an ingestrous and and take that in terms of how you think about your career is is, is really really material, right? And mm-hmm. and and you have the opportunity to do so. I think secondly, if I look back into you know my my younger self, you know, bias my bias yourself towards Growth, hmm. learning, and working with you know innovators, working with people who hmm. want to change the world, who want to basically disrupt, who want to be create new things, and new markets. Hmm. Because you know, you know, once you're in that ecosystem of, of working with and, and being in an environment like that, it's infectious, right? Like you, hmm. you definitely, <laughs> definitely get to to do that and and basically ex- get exposed to that and 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 you know learn from that for sure. So I think, again, you know, I was lucky enough to basically have that experience with my younger self. When I was younger, it's when I was starting out in my career, I do think my device back to my younger self is, is, hey, like, how do I find, how do I do more of that, right? Like, how do I basically, again, work with folks who, one, enjoy innovation, hmm. who hmm. enjoy disruption, who create building, creating new things for, for the market, for themselves, for their customers.
2: Hmm. Love that. Love that. Take more risk and find the right mentors that yeah. would keep you inspired.
0: Yeah, exactly. Inspiration, inspiration is huge, right? So, yeah, inspiration is huge. More mentors working with mm. people who are, you know, who are, you know, bright, intelligent, entrepreneurial. And again, don't have a, they're growth minded, they're open minded, right? They're like, mm. hey, like, mm. they question the world. They're, they're, mm. curious. They, they're curious, they're curious, yeah. they're questioning things yeah. and how things work. And like, yeah. so that's always something that I think for me was a big part of my growth overall.
2: Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. That's a great advice. Jimmy, I'm sure a lot of people want to connect with you. What do you recommend? LinkedIn? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn, definitely mm. connect with LinkedIn. I'm, I'm proactive. I'm there. So LinkedIn's is probably the best way to connect with me.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Jimmy, thank you for joining us today. And you know, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, having you behind the growth,
0: Modosar. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for the nice time. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for listening to Behind the Growth. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow along on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This podcast is brought to you by Mobile Live, a team of digital experts specializing in designing experiences, building products, and scaling technology. For more episodes of Behind the Growth, please visit mobilelive.ca slash podcast.